Doesn't that look cool as I'll get out? I can't wait to get into this series coming up. Hey, by the way, if you're a guest, my name is Josh. Welcome to Eastgate Church today. You guys watching online, if you just tuned in, we're so glad that you're here with us. Over the next few weeks, starting next week, we're going to just highlight different decades, starting with the 70s, going to the 80s, the 90s, and the early 2000s. I can't believe you could say that the 2000s is already in the past and behind us. You guys realize 20 years since we were worried about whether or not the world was going to end going into the new decade. Y'all remember all that craziness? Oh, my Lord. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be highlighting that. We're going to have so much fun during this series, though. We might be dressing up a little bit. We might be dressing a little, just a little bit and theming the decades as it goes. So when you show up next week, I'm not going to say this is going to happen or not, but your pastor may or may not have an afro. I may or may not be wearing some bell bottoms. I may or may not have some gold chains. Might not look like a disco star. I don't know. We're going to have some fun, though, over the next few weeks. We're going to have a photo booth set up outside in the foyer theme for every decade, so you can get some photos with that if you want to. We're just going to have a whole lot of fun looking at the decades in the past, the larger themes of those decades, and seeing what we could learn, seeing what kind of biblical principles we might be able to pull out in the middle of all the fun we're going to be having and apply it to our lives and get a little bit closer to God. So that sounds like fun, huh? So all that stuff starts next week, so you're going to want to be here for that. Today, we are ending our series on the book of Revelation. And uh, I was praying this past week and uh, just seeking the face of God, trying to figure out how to dot all the I's and cross all the T's and put a nice little bow on this series because we covered a lot of ground with it. And my... I guess the goal with this whole series wasn't like to get into doing a real in-depth end-time series or anything like that, but to look at the highlights through the book of Revelation because we believe that God was kind of bringing us back to focus as a church and as a group of believers because there's a lot of distraction going on out there in the world today. And about three months ago, God spoke to me and said, hey, in the month of August, I want you to have a series on the book of Revelation because my people are going to be scattered. They're going to be distracted. And they're going to need some focus brought to their lives. So that's what we did. Um, and that was the purpose for the whole thing. Not digging down deep into doing this huge teaching series, but to hit the highlights and bring focus and say, hey, don't forget what's coming up in the end times. And don't forget that we need to be ready for that. And most importantly, don't forget that we need to be letting people know about this Jesus that we're so in love with. Amen? We need to be letting them know about that. So that was the purpose of the whole series. And I was trying to figure out how to wrap this thing up. And God spoke to me and he said, hey, I don't want you to dig into timelines. I don't want you to talk about the two witnesses or what the Antichrist is going to be doing or how things are going to play out. I don't want you to talk about the millennial reign, even though I guess I'm kind of doing it right now, or the judgment that's going to happen to the devil. I don't want you to talk about the new heaven or the new earth. I want you to focus for this last week, this last message in this series, on one of the overstretching themes of the book of Revelation, and that is Jesus the Overcomer. Jesus is the centerpiece of the book of Revelation. He is the centerpiece of the Word of God. He's the centerpiece of the Old and New Testament. He is the deal. Okay? There is no deal bigger than Jesus. Not in the Bible, it all points to him. And so we want to look today at 
him as an overcomer and maybe from that gleam how we can be overcomers in our lives. Because, you know, sometimes we face some stuff in life. So I want to equip you today to be able to overcome some stuff. So Revelation chapter 3. If you got your Bibles or your tablets, feel free to go there. You guys watching online, uh, follow along with us or pay attention to the screens. The scriptures will be up there for you as well. This is Jesus speaking. He says, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. That's pretty good incentive. Jesus says, if you overcome this life, if you overcome, if you are an overcomer, I'll grant you the privilege of being able to share my throne with me, just like I overcame and was able to share my father's throne with him. Now, this doesn't mean that we're going to get to be little G gods and Jesus be the, the big G God, okay? That's not what this is saying. But what the saying is that Jesus says, hey, listen, if you overcome, then my authority I will share with you. My victory I will share with you. See, the throne is his. It's Jesus' throne. He's just sharing it with us. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to cash in on that. That sounds pretty good to me, to, to be able to be a co-heir with Christ, ruling and reigning with him, sharing his authority, sharing his power underneath his covering. That sounds awesome to me, but the price tag with that or the qualifier with that is that we've got to overcome just like he overcame. Jesus wants you to overcome in life. Okay? Contrary to what you may have experienced in churches and times gone by or what you may have seen on TV, listen, God is not a mean, ticked-off person up in heaven waiting for you to screw up in your life. God is not waiting to strike you with a lightning bolt. He is your biggest cheerleader. He wants you to succeed in life. He wants you to succeed in his calling on your life. He wants you to be an overcomer. He sent his son to die for us, to set us free from sin so that we could have a significant impact in this world for him. He believes in us. He wants the best for us. Jesus said that I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. So God's really wanting us to succeed in our walk with him. Um, he wants us to be an overcomer, and there's a reward for being an overcomer. And I thought, you know, I've seen so many people in my life who just, they've given up. They've given up probably a couple of steps from reaching the goal. They've given up and tapped out right before the end of the storm that they were walking through. And I don't want to see that happen with you guys. And I don't want to see that happen in the lives of the people who are watching online. And I was thinking, if God's called us all to be overcomers and he's wanting us to be overcomers, then probably the best place to look to learn how to become an overcomer in our lives is to look at the life of the ultimate overcomer. And that's Jesus. A lot of people have accomplished a lot of great things in this world, but only Jesus overcame this world. And lived a sinless life. Only Jesus overcame the enemy and defeated him. Only Jesus raised up from the dead with the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Only Jesus overcame and conquered it all. So if I want to emulate anybody, if I want to learn from anybody on how to have a victorious life or an overcoming life, I want to look at Jesus. Amen? I want to look at him. So for the next few minutes, we're going to be looking at the life of Jesus and the things that he did. And we're going to be pulling out some nuggets to help us be set up in our spiritual walk to overcome 
the issues of life, the issues we're going to face with other people, and the trickiness that the devil is going to try to throw at us. Amen? This is what we're going to do. So I want to give you some principles, and we're going to look at the life of Jesus. If you want to be an overcomer, here's the first thing we're going to talk about this morning. Listen, get ready to leave comfort and enter transition. Get ready to leave comfort and enter transition. You cannot overcome something. Larry, I'm ringing in the system pretty bad. Somebody back there, bring that down, please. I don't want to blow eardrums this morning as I get louder. Sometimes that happens. I get a little excited when I talk about the Word of God. Uh, You cannot overcome the issues of life from a comfort zone. That's called hiding. That's called camping out. Jesus, looking at his example, he left his comfort zone. And he entered into a time of transition in this world. Looking at Philippians chapter 5, I'll kind of break down what I'm talking about here so you get a better glimpse of the picture I'm I'm trying to create. Uh, Philippians 2, starting at verse 5, going through verse 8, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now pay attention to this. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. He gave up his deity to take on human form, 100% God and 100% man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus left the comfort of heaven to accomplish the purpose for his life. You ever think about that? Jesus came into this world on a mission, am I right? He came to seek and save the lost. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to die on the cross for your sin and for my sin. He came to defeat the enemy. There's a whole lot of stuff on his punch list that he had to accomplish while he was here. But he came to this earth to accomplish something. But he had to leave comfort in order to see the fulfillment of the purpose on his life. Are you guys with me now? Okay, you cannot accomplish God's will for your life in a comfort zone. It's not going to happen. And the moment, the moment that Mary conceived and the Holy Spirit did his work and Jesus translated from the throne room of heaven into the womb of Mary, that time of transition began in his life. The entire time he was on earth, it was a time of transition. Okay? He was just passing through. He was in this world, but he wasn't of this world. He was accomplishing the mission that God had given him to accomplish while he was here because the goal was to handle business, to move through it, and then raise from the dead and be seated again at the right hand of the throne of God and intercede for us. It was an enti- The whole time he was here, it was transition. When he was calling to the disciples, it was a time of transition in his life. When he was debating the Pharisees, time of transition. When he was healing the sick and raising the dead and doing all the things that he did, there were times of transition on the cross, transition in the tomb, transition, one step leading to the next. But he could not hit those moments of next transition leading to his ultimate transition without stepping out of his comfort zone. He gave up comfort to enter into transition. Why do you say that, Josh? Because there are going to be times in your life 
where you are going to have to go through transition. Where you are going to have to step into a situation that is not comfortable. Where you're going to have to leave the comfort of what you know and step into the unfamiliar to trust God to take you from point A to point B. And it's not going to be comfortable. In fact, it's probably going to be pretty uncomfortable at times. God's got a way of putting us in situations where we're not comfortable so that we learn how to depend on him on another level. So you got to understand through this whole thing, God is trying to grow us up from where we are into who he wants us to be because we can't stay the way that we are today and operate in the anointing and the calling that he has for us tomorrow. So God wants to grow us from today to tomorrow, but he does it through times of transition in our lives. And if you want to be an overcomer and not missed up with what God has called you to do, you have got to understand this and recognize this and jump into those times of transition and not be overwhelmed by them, but realize that they're only temporary, that it's going to pass. The storms that you might be walking through right now are not a permanent thing. It's a temporary thing. And you'll move from point A to point B as long as you trust him and you recognize that you're in a time of transition and change and growth. As long as you keep that focus, you'll be fine. So you got to recognize that. you got to understand that, okay? Because if you miss that, you'll get frustrated with what you're going through and you'll lose sight of the big picture and you'll get caught up in your struggles and lose sight of the goal because God works in us to grow us through our transitions. A big part of making it from point A to point B in transitions, though, is to learn how to submit to God. You got to learn to submit to God. And looking at the life of Jesus, he painted the perfect picture of submission to God. One step at a time, one city at a time, one disciple at a time, one encounter at a time, one miracle at a time. He listened to God and he did what God told him to do. And through his obedience, God was able to navigate him through the times of transition. So you don't make it through transition without obedience. You don't. And one of the biggest decisions that that Jesus made is found in Matthew chapter 26. It's in the Garden of Gethsemane. All the decisions that Jesus had made up until this point got in there but they didn't matter anymore because if he didn't nail the next decision to submit to his father in Gethsemane none of it mattered listen to what Jesus says here this is kind of brings to light the fact that he was 100% God and 100% man because listen Jesus had to wrestle with his flesh and overcome it while he was on this earth I don't think a lot of people realize that. He says, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. You ever felt like that before? Where you were so loaded down and had so much that you were carrying and so much being thrown at you and so many people had turned their backs on you and you had been dealing with so much drama and so much hardship and you're neck deep in a storm and just in your flesh, you're just mentally and emotionally exhausted and you're just overwhelmed with the situation and you just want to tap out in your flesh. Hey, I got good news for you. You're not alone if you feel that way. I think probably all of us have felt that way 
at one time or another. We like to church stuff up a lot and put on a happy face and pretend like we're not going through stuff. It's okay to go through stuff, but the key is to go through stuff and not let it overwhelm you. Okay, what I love about this is how, how real and honest Jesus is. He says, look, my soul, my flesh, me right now, I am overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. But Jesus knew the solution. When you get overwhelmed with stuff, do what Jesus did. Verse 39, going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. And prayed. When you feel like giving up, that's the time to run to the presence of God. Not try to carry stuff on your own. Not try to be bad woman or try to be bad man and handle all the stuff and carry all the weight on your own. I got news for you. You cannot carry it all by yourself. Jesus said, cast your cares on me. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. He'll help you get through the storm. But you got to pray. And a lot of times we go to, to God and we pray about stuff. And it's like we're trying to change his opinion on what we would like to see happen in our lives. But what I found is that when I go to the closet of prayer, one, I get healed and I get encouraged in the presence of God. And I can get corrected by his word if I need to. But the biggest thing is I find that when I go to him in prayer, that regardless of what I'm feeling at any given moment, even if I'm going through a season where I feel overwhelmed, I feel him shifting my heart into alignment with his purpose. Not the other way around. Prayer gets us in line with God's will for our lives. Prayer is where we get strength. And Jesus was kind of making sure that his compass was still pointing true north in this situation. He says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. He's like, look, if there's any other way, can we work it out where I don't have to go through what I'm fixing to have to go through? Because I know how bad it's fixing to hurt. Have you ever looked at a season of life? And said, God, please, if you know what, if you could just take that coworker out of there so I don't have to go sit down by them and listen to them run their mouths all day. I just don't think I could handle another day of that. Lord, if you could just take that cup and make it pass for me, that would just be awesome. If you could just make sure that Uncle Billy does not show up to Thanksgiving this year, whatever you can do, Lord, let this cup pass from me. You know, when you're tired and exhausted and poured yourself out and you get that one phone call that says, hey, can you come? Help me, I'm going through some stuff, and I need somebody to pray through some stuff with me. To deny yourself and to step into a situation and trust God in obedience. Man, that's big boy and big girl stuff right there. Sometimes we pray for stuff to go away, and God doesn't want to take it away. Look, Jesus said, not as I will, but as you will. Not as I will. But as you will. Everybody say, not as I will, but as you will. That is one of the most important decisions you're ever going to make with your life. Because until you learn to submit your life to Jesus, you are never going to experience spiritual victory in your life. It's just not going to happen. You will not be able to overcome the issues of life. Because if you're not submitted to him, you will not be in line with his will or your his will for your life. And if you're outside of his will for your life, you've got bullseyes and targets all over you for the enemy to have a heyday. You're trying to blaze your own trail. You're causing your own problems. Listen, the decisions that we make today matter. 
Submitting your life to God is a daily decision. The decisions of the past are in the past. It's your next decision that will impact your future. Just like the decisions that Jesus had made up until that point were in his past. They got him where he was. Listen, the decisions that you have made have gotten you to where you are today, for better or for worse. You are where you are as a result of the decisions and choices that you have made to get you right where you are. The good news is, is this. Those decisions control the past. Today, you get to make a new decision that will affect your future. Okay, the past can stay in the past. Somebody needs to hear that today because you feel like you've messed up your life. Maybe somebody watching online that you feel like you messed up your life. You feel like you've gone too far. You committed too many sins and you're in a place where God can't do anything with you. That is in the past. That is what you did. That's not who you are. Who you are, the Bible says, is a new creation in Christ Jesus. And you can make a new decision today to point yourself in the right direction, submitting yourself to God and putting yourself back on track with his will for your life. It's never too late to have a new beginning in your life. You're just one decision away. Praise God for that. I love how he sets us up for success. So, so you got to know that you're going to have to go through times of where you're not going to be comfortable and change is going to be happening. And the key to overcoming that if you look at Jesus' life is to submit yourself to God and do what he says. And I think another thing that that we have to focus on is this, is that we need to engage the situation. Don't avoid it. Engage the situation and don't avoid it. When you look at Jesus' life, he never ran from issues. He never ran from conflict. He never ran from situations. He was always engaging them and bringing a solution out of the tension and out of the problem. Jesus engaged the cross when he didn't have to. He didn't avoid it. Praise God. He didn't avoid the struggle. He engaged it and submitted himself to his Father's will and trusted his Father to bring him through to the other side. Romans chapter 5 Verse 3 reads like this. Why do we need to engage situations? Why do we need to jump into times of conflict and transitions? Romans 5.3 says, We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Don't avoid something that God is trying to use to bring about change in your life. I think a lot of times we avoid issues and tap out because of the discomfort, because it's just not fun, because dealing with conflict with other people or dealing with troublesome situations, sometimes that is just not fun. But, God has not called us to avoid those seasons. He's called us to engage those seasons because he has a way of working those situations and circumstances to produce in us the character and like James 2 says, the perseverance that we need so that we can become mature and complete in our walk with him and not 
lack anything. I don't know about you, but that's where I want to be. But there's a price tag that comes with that. Okay, You don't get to be mature and complete in your walk with God without having gone through some stuff. Because that's the school that God puts us through. Why does he do it that way? I don't know. He's God. We can ask him when we get up there. But that's what he chooses to do. We don't need to avoid what God is trying to use to grow us. Those times of transition, those times of challenge, even though God might not have sent them into our lives, okay, he can use the situations and circumstances to work in us on our behalf, a way for us to step into his calling and his promise on our lives. But we can't avoid that. That's why so many people are caught in a circle in their walk with God. They grow to a point and then they stop because they hit a comfort zone. They hit an area that they're not willing to step into and trust God through. And they're just not willing to endure the hardship of the season or the suffering that's in front of them. They're not willing to pay the price to trust God on that new level. They've hit their comfort zone and they just want to back up and they will never get close. God's not like a jacked up school system that will pass you to the next grade just because you look silly, 17 years old, hanging out with a bunch of sixth graders. This looks bad for you. It looks bad for the school. We need to pass you on and let you graduate. He's not going to do that. He will keep you in sixth grade until you graduate from his sixth grade. It doesn't matter if you stay there 45 years. He's going to accomplish his work in your life. And until you pay attention and learn the lesson, you will never be able, listen to me now, you'll never be able to step into the level of blessing, the level of anointing, the level of power, the level of calling that he wants to unleash in and through your life because you're choosing to stay in the sixth grade. Listen, it's time for us to graduate from this stuff and trust God and let him grow us into the people he's called us to be. Amen? So, yeah, I went on a ropes course one time. How many of y'all have ever been on a ropes course? A few people in here. Oh, they're fun. They're awesome. Uh, There's this thing on this ropes course. When I went, I went on a a camp with a bunch of inner city kids, so it was fun. Uh, We had a a great experience there. Um, When I wasn't breaking up fights, we were... (laughs) We were able to do stuff on the ropes course. And so there's this thing on the ropes course, though, that's called the pamper pole. And I brought some pictures because I want to show you the picture of this thing. This pamper pole is crazy. It is a single pole that goes up sometimes 30, sometimes 40 feet up on the, in the air. You see that dude with the orange shirt on? He's on the pamper pole. Why do they call it the pamper pole, Pastor Josh? Because when you climb up to the top of it, you feel like you need to be wearing some pampers. That's why. So when these inner city kids were climbing up this thing, I was like the biggest cheerleader ever for them. I'm like, you can do it. You can do it. You know, we believe in you. And everybody's like, yeah, you can do it. You can do it. Then it came Josh's turn to climb up the pamper pole, and things were different. You know, it's always easy to encourage people when they're going through stuff, but it's a whole different ballgame when you're walking through it yourself. My goodness gracious, I had to climb up that thing one little step at a time, and you get up to the top of this thing, and they've got just enough room. I'm going to show you in this picture that's coming up. Just enough room to put both of your feet. And that pole looks a lot more stable than it actually is. 
Because when you're up at the top, you're doing this right here. One, because you barely got room for your feet, but you're swaying and you're moving because there's a whole lot of give and jiggle at the top of that thing. Incredibly uncomfortable. Incredibly uncomfortable. You know, sometimes your walk with God can feel like that, where you're just in a spot where you feel like you've got just enough room to stand. And it's just, you feel like, I know I'm on something solid, but it doesn't feel like I'm standing on something solid because there's a lot of give and there's a lot of movement. Well, when you're on the pamper pole, the only way, there's two ways you can get off. One, ah, you don't want to do that. They've got harnesses on you, though, to keep you safe so that you only fall just a little bit and they can let you down safely, okay? But you're not thinking about the harness when you're up there. You're thinking, I'm 40 feet up. And you're looking at what they tell you is the goal. And the goal is you've got to jump from the top of this thing about 10 feet out and grab a bar. Now, the way the pole is positioned, it's easy to jump and make it to the bar. And a lot of people touch the bar, but they don't remember to hold on to the bar. So they... They fall, you know. I would like to be able to tell you that when I made my attempt to jump from this thing, that I touched the bar and I held on to it like a champion. I jumped out there and I slapped the bar and I held it for a second and then I was like, Aah! and I fell. That bar is just far enough out that you can't reach it, but you have to jump for it to get it. Listen to me, guys. Victory in life situations and circumstances. The way God works is this. He is never, almost never, going to put victory in your hand. But he's always going to put it within your reach. He's going to put you in a place where you've got to jump out and trust him and take that leap of faith, knowing that he's got your back, trusting that he's not going to let you hit the ground, knowing that he's going to get you from where you are to where he's called you to go in life. He'll put victory within your reach, but he'll rarely put it in your hand. The reason why is because he is trying to grow you into the person that he needs you to be, and that's not going to happen until you learn how to trust him to be him on the level that he needs you to trust him to be him. Okay? So we've got to hit this place in our walk with God where we look at what's going on and we see the situations around us, but we don't run from them, but we engage the situation. Everybody say engage. You've got to engage the situations and not run from them because if you don't, you will never grow into the person that God's called you to be and you won't overcome at the level that he's called you to overcome. And I think the last key in looking at Jesus' life is literally just looking at Jesus himself. And that's having a proper understanding of who Jesus is and who you are in him. That's a game changer. Because through this whole thing, he's trying to show you a greater picture of who he is and who you are, who you can be in him. To leave those times of comfort, to go into times of transition, to trust him, to be working behind the scenes, to do something powerful in your life, to submit to him 
and trust him and do what he says as you navigate through those times of uncomfortable transition. And to not run away, but engage the situations that you're facing. Not avoiding it because you know that God is working in you, that God is more than able to continue to grow you through that process and more importantly, to get you through that process because the times of transition are temporary. Temporary. God is constant. He's always faithful. He's never going to let us down. We've got to make sure that we keep a proper understanding of who he is. That's called relationship with Jesus. You know, I know who my wife is, and I know her really well because I spend a lot of time with her. Sometimes she tells me I spend too much time with her. Josh, you need to go out and quit picking on me. I'm trying to do a puzzle, go watch some football or something because when I hang out with Kelly, I like to pick on her a little bit, and after a while, that gets old for her. So, no, we have a lot of fun. We hang out with each other, but we know each other really well because we spend time with her. I can tell you in almost any given situation what my wife is going to do. I can tell you probably 99 times out of 100 what she's thinking at any given moment because I know her so well. We got to get to the point in our relationship with God where we know him that well. I know his thoughts on this situation because I've spent time with him and I know his word. And his word reflects his heart. So if I know his word, I know his heart on any given situation. We've got to have a proper perspective of Jesus in our lives. Jesus came to this earth. He died on the cross. He paid the price for our sins. He was the sacrificial lamb for our sins. But he is not that sacrificial lamb anymore. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. He holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He's not coming to get them like he was when he walked on the earth. He's got them in his trophy case in heaven right now because he already cleaned house while he was here. Okay, He is an overcomer. He is a conqueror. And he wants to share that with us. Revelation chapter 1 gives us a beautiful picture of Jesus. After the resurrection. Listen to this description. I'm going to read this to you out of the Amplified Bible. So it's going to look a little bit different because it highlights words and gives a little more connection and shows some meaning to some of these words to present things in a more complete picture. Revelation 1 verse 12 says, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. After turning, I saw seven gold lampstands in the midst of the lampstands. I saw someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching to his feet, with a golden sash wrapped around his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, glistening white like snow. And his all-seeing eyes were flashing like a flame of fire, piercing into my being. His feet were like burnished or white hot bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice was powerful like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword of judgment, and his face reflecting his majesty and the Shekinah glory, the glory that shone on him. Guys, it's amazing to me when you think about how powerful this picture is. It was, it was, the glory was, was bright like the sun shining in all of its power at midday. 
When's the last time you looked at the sun and all of its power at midday? You can't. It'll burn your eyes out. It's a picture that he's trying to paint here. That's how intense the glory of God shines. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. And he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Absolute deity, the Son of God. And the ever-living one, living in and beyond all time and space. I died, but see, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of absolute control and victory over death and of Hades, the realm of the dead. This is a picture of Jesus as a conqueror. This is a picture of Jesus as the one who has returned in power and authority, having defeated everything that needs to be defeated. This is the Jesus that we serve. He's an overcomer, and he's called us to be the same too in our lives. You know, these guys that bench press these crazy weights, I think the world record bench press right now is like 700 and 725, somebody says, 725, 29, something like that, right in that range. It's a lot of weight. If I could bench 720 pounds, we'll say that, or 25 pounds, Dude, I would be so swole up, by the way. That'd be awesome. I'd be like a walking wad of muscle. Uh, I don't even know what that would look like with a dude as short as me. I'm not even sure. But uh, anyway, benching 725 pounds, all right? If somebody came up to you and said, why don't you try to bench 200 pounds? That's nothing, right? Nothing. If I could squat 1,200 pounds and somebody said, hey, why don't you try to squat 300 pounds? That's nothing. I can do 1,200. 300 is going to be nothing. I can bench 725. A few hundred pounds It's going to be a warm-up for me. I'm not even going to break a sweat on it. It's foolish of us to think that a weight smaller than a person's maximum capacity to lift would put strain on them. Because if they can do a whole lot more, then the little bit isn't even a challenge, right? We serve a Savior who has conquered everything. Everything. Why do we think the little bit of 100 pounds of trouble that we're dealing with in our lives is going to be too much for our Lord and Savior to lift so that we don't have to strain with? cast all your cares on him because he cares for you there's nothing that we face in life that he can't handle that he can't carry that he can't lift there's nothing there is nothing that he can't give us the strength to navigate through so we don't have to run from the issues of life we don't have to avoid it we can engage it with faith and confidence knowing that we serve a God that is able to make a way sometimes where there might not seem like there's going to be a way we serve a God that works in the impossible like he's eating Cheerios for breakfast it's absolutely nothing for him he lives in the impossible what we think is impossible is just everyday stuff for him what do we go through what do we get hit with that we think is too much for him to carry or bear or to give us the strength to navigate through? He's called us to be an overcomer in our lives. He overcame and showed us the way so that we could follow the blueprint that he gave us so that we could be overcomers too.
Are you going through some stuff this morning? Are you facing some situations in your life? Hey, that's just part of life. Are you feeling overwhelmed right now? Are you feeling like Jesus felt in the Garden of Gethsemane and said, I am, I am overwhelmed with sorrow and grief right now from the stuff that I'm carrying to the point of just death because the strain is too much. I want to challenge you to do what Jesus did and get into the closet of prayer and connect with a power source that's able to lift that burden off of you. Okay, you can't carry it by yourself. We need to connect with Jesus and let him carry that burden for us. Amen? Overcomers. The goal is we all finish this race. We all finish this race. We all get to the other side of this thing called life, the ultimate transition, and enter into heaven and stand before him. And we hear the words, come on in, good and faithful servant. I want to say I finished the race, that I did everything that God called me to do, that I became everything that he envisioned that I could do. When he formed me in my mother's womb and put that breath of life inside of me and put that calling on my life just like he did with you, I want to be everything that Jesus paid the price for me to be. But that doesn't happen, though, if I stay in a place of comfort and don't step into times of transition and submit myself to God and do what he says, even if it's not comfortable, and I allow him to grow me through the times of transition a little bit at a time into who he needs me to be so that I can accomplish what he's called me to do as an overcomer, as an overcomer. That's what I want in my life. You want to be overcomers? We got to be connected to him. Everybody stand with me this morning, if you will. Everybody watching online, dial in. Forget about the distractions that are going on in your house right now. I believe God wants to do something in your life today. Whether you're in a situation right now where you're just trying to figure out where north is so you can find your way out of it. Or maybe you're hiding in a comfort zone and God is calling you out of it today. I believe God is going to do something in each of our lives today. He's preparing us and he's grooming us. And that's a cycle that we don't ever get out of. At least this side of eternity. Got to trust him. Got to trust him. The only way to be an overcomer is to follow Jesus' blueprint to be an overcomer. You don't overcome something by running from it. You overcome it by engaging it. Trusting God to give you the strength and the wisdom and the power and to move on your behalf to move you from one situation into the next step of freedom. Amen? Praise God. Praise God that we don't have a Savior that was just a one-and-done deal on the cross. You said, all right, I did all I needed to do for you guys. You're on your own. Good luck with it. He is there constantly, day after day, moment after moment, to coach us up, to pick us up, to encourage us, to train us, to equip us, and to move us one step at a time closer to who He's called us to be. He's an ever-present God, always there. Because he loves each and every one of us. Hey, guys, let's be overcomers this morning. You guys watching online, let's be overcomers this morning. Bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. I want to pray over you. And I want us to enter into a, a time of worship and just let God do what he wants to do in his presence today. Father, I'm not a fool. I know that there are people in this room right now who are going through some struggles, 
they're going through some situations. And even if they're not, we know from your word that if they're not in a season of trouble that they're about to go into one. That's just how the cycle works. God, I pray that we're people that are focused on you to be overcomers in our lives. To overcome the situations and the obstacles and the traps of the enemy and all the things that he throws at us. But more importantly, that through the process of navigating this stuff that we learn to trust you on another level. To see a picture of you that we hadn't considered before. To trust you on a new level as our relationship with you grows one day at a time, one step at a time. If you're here this morning or even if you're watching online right now and say, Pastor Josh, you know what, I... It's time for me to put some of this stuff to work. There's some things in my life that I just, I need to rise up and be the overcomer that Jesus has paid the price for me to be. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around, no one on the stage looking around. This is just a moment between you and me because I want to pray for you this morning. Pastor Josh, I'm going through a tough season right now. And it's time for me to rise up and be the overcomer that Jesus said I could be. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me. I see yours and yours and yours. I see yours. I see yours. Praise God. I see yours. Yours in the back. See, we're going through some stuff. God knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. Probably you guys watching online, same thing. Same thing. I want to challenge you over the next few minutes to connect with the source and the solution to all of this stuff. It all comes back down to Jesus. It's Jesus. It's our trust in Him. It's our obedience in Him. It's our relationship with Him. And it's our time in His presence that equips us to deal with the situations of life. So as the band leads us in this song over the next couple of minutes, I want you literally to dive into the presence of God. Sit at His feet. Let Him encourage you. Let Him breathe new life into you. I believe that He can do what He needs to do in your life and in your heart right now where you are and even watching online. God can move powerfully in your life today. He knows exactly what you need. So as the band leads us in this song all across this place, let's just lift up our hands as a sign of worship and surrender to God. Lord, we lay everything down before you. Speak to us. God, I pray that you equip, that you heal, that you encourage, that you do what you need to do in these next few moments to get us back on track, to raise us up, to grab that load that we've been carrying, Lord. Some of us need to offload that stuff and let you carry it because we weren't designed to carry it. Lord, we just focus on you. Let's spend the next few moments just diving into worship and letting them move in our lives.